Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Oh my goodness, look at us. The three of us are here. Good morning. We are here. We made it. So I would love to tell uh, the people who are watching right now what we're doing. What the heck are we doing? We do not uh, know. Clearly, we do not know. We don't know what we're doing either. I, that's why we're improvisers. We take things one moment at a time. But I'm going to take this big banner away here. Be, but first, I'm going to explain what we're doing here, which is this is for Are You Waiting for Permission, which is our podcast. I think oh. we're celebrating 109 episodes. And we have decided to take, thank you, a new approach, which is to go live with our guests and then also make that a podcast episode release as well later on. So we get to highlight our amazing guests more than one time and through different mediums. Very and exciting. as you're taking the banner off, I would like to explain to our listeners and now our viewers, please do not try this at home because it is not as easy as it looks. We actually showed up a few minutes late this morning because somebody couldn't figure out the audio and you couldn't hear my brilliant, beautiful voice. So do not try this at home because it's nerve wracking and um, not a great way to start the morning. So kick back, enjoy, put your feet up, grab a warm beverage and enjoy. Yes, enjoy. We'll be here to occupy you and your living room and your time for the next 25 to 30 minutes. Suzanne Dunn is in the room. So I want to welcome Suzanne. Hello. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being here. So Joseph, tell us uh, a little bit about Suzanne, our guest. I am happy to. So she is the visionary behind Susan Dunn Jewelry. She has two decades of experience. That's a long time. She's a designer and storyteller. Her journey from Jamaica to the U.S., leading her to the world of fine jewelry. In 2021, she launched her luxury brand known for its bold sophistication and spiritual depth. Wow. It's bold sophistication and spiritual depth. That's so beautiful. Suzanne's upbringing and faith guided her from medicine to design. Graduated from the Gemological Institute of America, she now creates responsibly sourced jewelry, drawing inspiration from faith, architecture, anthropology, and urban art. What a fabulous combination, right? Faith, architecture, anthropology, and urban art. Beyond aesthetics, her brand empowers women globally with a portion of sales supporting women's empowerment nonprofits. Her mission is to be a beacon of hope, love, and empowerment. Ladies and gentlemen, our viewing audience, please put your hands together for our new friend, Suzanne Dunn. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Joseph. And it's great to be here. And thank you, Meredith. Ah, you're so welcome. How does that feel to have your bio read out loud? I always think it's like, whoa. Yeah, it, it was it was a whoa moment. <laughs> <laughs> Just let that sink in, all that amazing work that you are doing in the world and continue to do. It's it's just really beautiful. And your jewelry is gorgeous, by the way. I was able to take a peek at it on your website and it's really exquisite. So beautiful, beautiful work. How did you get into, we heard a little bit about it in your bio that you went from the medical field into becoming this gorgeous jeweler. So tell us a little bit about that journey and your story. What was that pivotal moment for you? Uh, so I had just graduated from university here in New York 
And I went to Miami, University of Miami, um, for my first year of med school. While I was there, I worked as a behavioral technician, just, you know, a little part-time job. And one day, the executive assistant to the CEO came, she and I had, you know, formed a friendship. And for privacy purposes, I'm going to name her Jennifer. So, <laughs> so Jennifer came in one day and she, you know, she was crying and I'm like, what's going on? She said, well, my daughter was five years old, was in the hospital by herself. She had had an asthma attack the night, the night before. Um, so I said, so why are you here? She said, well, you know, I had to come to work because my boss, we'll call her Carol, needed, she needs me for a meeting. And I said, but you already prepped her, you know? And she said, yeah, but I, she needs me. She called me. She said she needs me. So I said, your daughter is going to be there by herself. And, you know, she's crying and she's saying yes. But I convinced her to go home or to go to the hospital. So I started packing her things together. And then um, about five minutes later, Carol came out and she said, you know, I need to speak to you. And she went in, Jennifer went in, and she came up maybe about 10 minutes later crying, like sobbing. And I asked, I said, what's going on? And before she could answer, Carol came out and she just stood and she said, so what's it going to be, your job or your child? And I had no kids at the time. And I just lost it. And I'm looking at Dolly, Jennifer. (laughs) And I'm now like packing frantically because I'm like, of course she has to go home. It's not going to be her job. It's her child. And I remember she looked at me and she said, Susan, I can't go. And I would never forget the look on her face when she said, I can't go. And I'm like, why? She's like, because I need money. And if I lost the job, my husband would kill me because he was all the time. And I remember going home. I looked very close at the time. And I remember going home and just like crying for the rest of the day. And um, I'm a very spiritual person. And although I was in med school, I prayed and I said, God, you have to, like, I can never be in this situation. Like, never give anybody that power over my life. I can't do it. So I said, I need, a, I need a hustle. I need something. I need something that I can call my own. I prayed. And then I went into three-day fasting. And coming out of the, the fast, the three-day fast, God told me that it was, I needed to sell jewelry. The interesting part about that is that I was attending a church that didn't allow us to wear jewelry. It was a very, yeah, it was a very strict apostolic church and we couldn't wear jewelry. We couldn't wear, women couldn't wear pants. It was like very straight list, almost cultish. And so I'm like, so you are telling me I need to sell jewelry and I'm not supposed to wear jewelry. <laughs> and that was, that was interesting for me, but I, I walked out in faith and I remember I ordered some jewelry from this because I love big jewelry. So I ordered some jewelry from a website and I said, I'm going to order it and I'm going to sell it, you know, retail it. And it got there. And I remember having it on my kitchen table. And when I opened it, the jewelry was hideous. (laughs) I just started screaming. I'm like, what is this? I can't sell this. (laughs) And so I prayed again. and, um, And he said, no, you're going to make the jewelry. And that time I had never made anything outside of buttons on a, on string and given to my mother and my grandmother. That's it. So I said, okay, so I'm going to make jewelry. So I read again and I started ordering pieces like tools online. And I would call around different stores and say, so if I were making a necklace, what size bead would I need? And what tool? And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a jewelry designer. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and that's how, that is how my journey <laughs> into jewelry design wow. began. Yeah. Mm. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. It. And 
There was so much that you shared with us, Suzanne, and I truly appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that story. And what I heard, what most resonated with me, and I have a feeling is also going to resonate with our listeners and viewers, is I wrote it down. I need something I can call my own. For me, and I don't want to put any words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I need something I can call my own. How much power is in that, right? When we work for somebody else, we work for a hospital, corporation, medicine, we always have a boss. We always have somebody telling us, you can't go home. You can't take care of your child. You have to make this choice. And by you praying and fasting and coming to the realization, I need something I can call my own, look at you. (laughs) And I want to Take that just a moment further because the name of our podcast, Are You Waiting for Permission? There's a few of our listeners who would love to call something their own, right? To empower themselves. And they might still be waiting. What can you say to them? What can you say to the other Jennifers of the world? Take the leap. Take Um, a leap. (laughs) Yeah. You have, that was just the beginning of a very challenging road for me when it comes to this business. So many times I wanted to give up. I said, I must have made a mistake. I must have heard wrong. Um, you know, God wants to make a fool of me, clearly, because this is, this is, <laughs> because I was a first generation jeweler and my finances going through the years were not strong. And with a divorce and a, a marriage and a divorce, it was just up and down. Um, but one thing I learned was resilience and the power of resilience and the power of knowing what you want. And so I'm always encouraging people to take the leap. And when you take the leap, understand that things are not always going to be lined up the way you expect them to be lined up or the way you want them to be lined up. Mm -hmm. But if that's something, if you took the leap for something that really means something to you, something that no one told you to do, this is something that you own, then you'll find that you have the courage in those very dark times. And you'll have the, even if it's a little bit of faith, <clears throat> you'll have that thing to keep pushing you. So my thing is take the, take the leap. You know, you, you have, we hear it all the time. It's kind of cliche, so I really don't want to say it, but really and truly you only have one life. Mm. And I just feel that it should be spent doing something that you honestly want to do. I tell my kids, I said, listen, even if you want to be a clown, be the best clown ever. You know, whatever. Like, <laughs> You know, there's a lot of successful clowns in this world. (laughs) And we need more clowns in this world, right? We need more to help us with our levity. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I have a question for you. I hope that you took a picture of that awful jewelry that showed up at your house so that you can say, this is where I was and this is where I came, like, this is where I am. Do you know I did not? And I have looked for the website and I, I guess they should down. <laughs> I have looked for the website like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, one quick story. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes. So again, I did not know anything about jewelry. And this ties in with Joseph, your question about um, what would I tell people? Take the leap. You're going to learn as you go along. So does anybody remember Radio Shack? Yeah. So I was so new to jewelry design. I had a jump ring, like it's a ring that I was putting onto an earring, but it's open, right? So I'm thinking I need to solder it. So I'm looking online and they're saying that I need to solder it closed. Now, I didn't know they had jewelry solder. So I went to Radio Shack and I'm like, I need solder. And he's like, so what are you making? I'm like, I said, jewelry. He said, jewelry? And you need solder from Radio Shack? <laughs> oh, yes. I need silver solder. <laughs> I'm making silver jewelry. I need silver solder. So 
he sent me, he said, do you have a, a solder machine, a solder iron? And I'm like, no, don't you have one here? And he's like, yeah. So he brought out an electrical solder, um, solder gun, but it's really for, it was for circuits, right? And little wires. Right. And I bought it and I bought some silver wire, not sterling silver solder, just regular silver solder for circuits. And I went home and it kept falling off the ring because of course it's not sticking. I'm like, what is this? And I used like um, sandpaper and I sanded down the, the, the jump ring and I'm trying to add the solder and it's falling off. <laughs> what is this? Anyway, finally, I somehow got something to work. I patched it up. And that was my jewelry for like quite a few months. And people bought it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. And looking back at it now, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no, but I just think that's gorgeous. That's a beautiful story. It's just so like, it's, we get stuck. I think a lot of people don't give themselves permission because they are, they're unclear about how to get started and they don't want to come across as being dumb or ignorant or naive. So they just don't ask the questions. They don't walk into maybe not the right, the right place to buy a solder tool and <laughs> soldering equipment. But I feel like that those are little things like the rules that we think we're all supposed to follow prevent us from moving forward when actually I would imagine that gifted you quite a bit in unknown ways. Every time I had something new to do, I remembered Radio Shack and I remembered the solder and I said, I got through that so I can get through this and I'll just learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I'm noticing is the messiness, right? So you spoke, Suzanne, that things don't happen in a linear fashion, right? They get really messy and messy and really jumbled up. And what I'm noticing about this conversation and about your career is that it's really easy for us to quit, right? It's so much more challenging and empowering, I'll use that word again, to keep going, right? I mean, you're standing, it's not working, it's not sticking, what do I do with this? A lot of us, we would have just quit and said, obviously, God was wrong. She didn't know what the heck she was talking about. I need to just quit and go to Burger King and get a job or whatever, right? But to keep going in the face of all that messiness and in the face of those mistakes, it's huge, darling. I love it. Thank you. So I have a question for you, yes. which is as an artist, as you are, you have three kiddos, yeah? So tell me, what's that like to negotiate? Because there's plenty of our listeners and people who are watching who are negotiating home life with also following their passion. And that can also sometimes be a challenge. So I'm curious if you can speak into that. It is a challenge. It's a huge challenge <laughs> daily. <laughs> I've been designing for quite a bit of time and you would have thought, so my eldest is 15 mm -hmm. and I've been designing for about 20 years. So at least you'd say, well, I had five years before he came along to perfect. I didn't No, I know the youngest is eight and I still haven't gotten it together. But what I've done is that I have, tr what I try to do is I try to every day give them a certain amount of time. So mm -hmm. I'll give them an hour that it's just, you know, we're playing a game. I'm talking to them. We're doing something so they can, so they know that mom still, she wants to spend time with us. Right. But she also has other things going on. So I dedicate that time. I turn my phone off and that's it. An hour, two hours, depending on, on how much I have going on. And then as a single mom, I also have the, I guess the joy, the opportunity to, to be everything, right? To be mom, dad, chauffeur, nurse. Um, and so they're always seeing me. I'm always around, um, but at least they know that, that that time, that one to two hours every day, we're spending together. 
Yeah. In terms of juggling everything, it really, it really depends. It really takes a lot of coordination. It takes a lot of writing, making calendars, making lists. Honestly, like saying, okay, between seven o'clock and eight o'clock, this is what I'm doing. Between eight and nine, this is what I'm doing. And trying to stick with it. And even after you've done that, I'm here to tell everyone it probably still is not going to work 100% of the time. But what I've learned to do over the years is show myself grace. <laughs> um, because I've, I'm very gracious and I'm very concerned about others. And I noticed for a while I wasn't very gracious to myself. So mm-hmm. I would know that I have a piece to make, I have a design to do, and I didn't get to do it because of whatever reason. And, you know, I'd really beat myself up. And over the years, I realized, no, show yourself grace. You know, once you're doing a little thing every day, one thing. So even if it's to send an email out, if someone is listening and they want to write a book, write uh, maybe half a chapter, um, maybe get in contact with a publisher. Maybe that's the only thing you can do for that day. But just do one thing. Even if it's a small thing every day, it will, mm-hmm. it will help because at, you're going, right? You're, you're continuing to go. You're being persistent. And um, mm-hmm. you together. But with the kids, you're really, you're never perfect. Then, and you never get rid of them. <laughs> I love grace is my favorite word. I try to start every year with a new word like I hold as an intention for that year. And I will say that I replaced my word this year with grace. I just needed a little bit more of it. And that that was a a new thing for me because usually I don't like to change course when I make a decision about something. So thank you for sharing that. I'm I'm, yes, more grace to be had for ourselves for sure. While you were starting out and even in the process of these last 20 years, I'm curious, Suzanne, about your team. And that doesn't necessarily mean paid staff or anybody, but you know, together everyone achieves miracles. Team, who was there, especially in the beginning when it was really difficult and you were soldering and things were falling apart, who was there to lift you up or to pat you on the back or to say, it's okay, or who gave you grace? in the early years and even beyond that. Did you have anyone? I did. So, of course, the first person I'm going to say is God because he, like, kept me going. My mom has also been, uh, she's been a, such an amazing help to me. Um, at first, she did not agree with this decision because I did stop medical school and then I went into architecture and she she wasn't happy about any of that. But, <laughs> and like, so, what, what do you do? Like, make beads? Like, what, what am I? And then her question was, what am I going to tell my friends? That you you string beads, you string buttons, like what do you do? And she was very, very rude. <laughs> but now she has become uh, my biggest cheerleader and she helps with the kids a lot. And I've had like friends along the way that God has put in my path to to really help, um, especially with the kids, you know, when I just need that time. And, and when I fall down and I need to be picked up, um, there are two specific people um, yeah, they've lifted me. They, they, they lift me. They carry me through. I didn't mention it before, but one of the challenges that I faced during the journey, and that's when my team really, really came in um, handy, I would say, is um, where they became important, more important to me, was after my separation. I separated. I moved to New York in 2015. We were separated by 2016. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom at the time, of course, working on um, my degree because I'd started with GIA and, you know, I started doing that but I was a stay-at-home mom and when he left I'm in New York in a very expensive place because we could afford it with his income but when he left he left and I found myself moving out of the home with those kids moving to a basement and that's probably like a different situation a different <laughs> segment but 
moving to a basement, moving to another basement, and ultimately we ended up in a New York City homeless shelter for eight months. And that's actually where I designed my second collection. I started designing the second collection of jewelry um, in the homeless shelter. And there are a lot of lessons were learned there, beautiful lessons actually. Um, but that's when my team really kicked in because that was when I was able to say, okay, I need you to keep the boys for, you know, a night or two, or, um, you know, this is a situation when I called and I said, okay, so this is what's happening. People said, what? And I, you know, they, they, they chipped in in different ways and they really became important in that time. So I, my, I, but you know, it's funny because I'm a very, outside of me praying and, and saying, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm a very, I don't want to bother you person. And for a while after the separation, which led to the divorce, I kind of felt that this is my doing. I should have known that he wasn't the one. I am now in this mess with my kids. So I need to take care of everything. I need to take care of them. I need not bother anybody with this because this is my cross that I have to bear because I buried this hole that I'm in. I put my, I buried, I, I dug the hole and I buried myself in. But I learned that you really cannot do anything on your own and no man is an island. And those people became, so it's not a very big group um, because again, I'm still a little bit, you know, I'm going to take care of things by myself, but they know me by now. And they're like, girl, we're coming over. <laughs> Meredith. How many of our listeners and our viewers do you think are out there that really resonate with what Suzanne said? I don't want to bother you. A lot, including myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's hard to add. It's sometimes the ask is the hardest part. It mm. is. It is. It's the ask because for me, God, I hate to say pride, but I think that's what it was. But pride and disappointment in myself and I'm sure that you have listeners who are divorced um, women and now probably single moms. And my word to them or my word of encouragement is, um, again, show yourself grace. Listen, it happened. When it happened to me, I was so embarrassed because I said, this shouldn't have happened to me. I should have seen this coming. I should never have put myself in a situation where I depended on somebody, you know, being a, a stay-at-home mom. And that's something that he and I have decided, but I kind of told myself that knowing my spirit, my independent nature, I should not have done that. I should not have let down my guard. And because I did this, this is why I'm in this situation now. And so the ask was hard because yeah. I started thinking, I'm like, what are they going to think? They're going to say, mm. well, I missed her life up and here she is, you know, reaching out for help and needing us to help her pick up the pieces. And, and I fought with that for a long time, especially with my mom, who was with me, was very close. And she saw what was going on, but she was very quiet. Mm -hmm. Even me going to her for help, it was embarrassing because I'm like, you know, nobody wants this craziness for their, <laughs> for their child. But I had to ask. I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I have to ask. And in the Bible, it says, uh, you have not because you ask not. And if you ask, you shall receive. And I said, you know what, God, I'm going to ask. So I chose very key people, you know, to say, listen, I am in a rut and I need extra help. Wow. So I'm going to ask this question, which is I would imagine that took a lot of strength and it probably felt scary to ask for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious now that you are more in the practice of, mm -hmm. of asking, what is it like for you today to be able to ask for something when you know you need the support? So it's much easier. I'm not going to say I'm always 100% comfortable with it. Yeah. But it's much easier now because now I understand that no one is perfect and everybody has... Has their issues, right? And or their challenges, I should say. And um, 
I've also said to myself, like, what's the point of having friends and family around if when you are in your lowest moments, you don't let them know what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very selective. I will say I'm very selective with the people I ask. Yeah. Because some people, you know, you ask and they have to put you through the ringer. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I'm looking for. I think that's important. I think it is important to be about this, being specific about who you ask. That, it is, yeah. it is. But yeah. is, it's, it's, it's much easier. It's much easier now because I know that when you ask, you can actually accomplish what you, what you set forth. Uh, so many beautiful lessons. Yes, Joseph. Okay, I am going to stop asking for permission, okay? And I get it. I totally get it that, you know, we ask specific people for help because maybe we know that they might say yes or it might feel safer or we've already asked those other people. But this morning, right here, the three of us, I'm going to put you on the spot, Suzanne. What do you want to ask our viewers and our listeners to do? How can they support you? Where can they buy from you? What can they do for you? What can they share on social media? You get to ask now. So my first ask, I have a few of them. My first ask is give yourself, please, will you please give yourself permission to live? Please give yourself permission just to to be who God has created you to be, Hmm. regardless of who that, that person is. Um, that's my first ask. My next ask is, can you please support me by? <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Suzanne Dunn Jewelry. You can also see my a little bit of my story and my pieces at SuzanneDunn.com. That's the website. And buy. You want them to buy from you. And please buy from me. The holidays are approaching. (laughs) They are approaching. I'm going to switch things up here a little bit. Look at that. Because I'm going to put your... I know. Look at that. I'm going to put your... This is a handy dandy QR code up here on the left-hand corner for our viewers who are watching right now. So people can pull out their phones, scan that QR code, and buy. (laughs) I feel like I'm on the home shopping network right now. Like I should be working. For Could we totally have our own shopping network? Um, yes. In my next life. Yes. Okay. I will. Yes. Okay. Uh, with you any day, Joseph Bennett. So uh, I want to acknowledge you, Suzanne, for those asks. I really do. Because you're asking strangers. You're asking people you don't even know. You have no connection to, to support you. And, uh, that just makes my heart go all aflutter for you and for your family. Thank you. Well, this uh, has been a delightful conversation. Thank you for being our guest. I'm excited as all get out that you live kind of close to me, relatively mm-hmm. close to me. So hopefully we will be doing coffee soon. Definitely. And uh, for our viewers out there, thank you for supporting. Are you waiting for permission? We have a YouTube channel now, which is so exciting. We're growing up in the world. So oh. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, I will put these things in the comments here on LinkedIn. And of course, we will be here once a month on LinkedIn with another guest. And we will be releasing Suzanne Dunn's audio podcast, the audio portion in our podcast. And we'll let you know when that comes out as well. And please look for our guest, Gary Miles, who we also recorded and will be coming out here on LinkedIn as well for that live recording. All right, live recording is uh, kind of a contradiction, but you all understand what I mean. All right, take care, thank you. 
We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grundy of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. All right, my friends, until next week. Bye.